0: Welcome and thanks for joining the Let's Talk Digital Marketing Podcast. Join host Mike Sharp of mikesonlineacademy.com as he shares valuable insights and advice, helping you to become digitally inspired. That's here on the Let's Talk Digital Marketing Podcast. There you go.
1: Yeah, thank you, Melanie, for joining us.
0: Thank you delighted to be here
1: yeah yeah and how are you today
0: i'm really well, well. i'm i'm a bit i'm a bit dodgy actually <laughs> i'm gonna be honest my son who's nine had a little bit of an issue happen at his school yesterday which really upset him bless him so hmm. he went to bed really upset last night so i went to bed really upset last night so i'm a little bit jaded had to go in, I, I I hijacked the deputy head on his way and I, I laid in wait for him this morning and we literally got him as he walked and <laughs> parked the car at some ungodly hour this morning. So, said, James, that's it, come on, we're going to school, we're going to talk to this man. Um, and it's all been sorted, um, as far as I know, satisfactorily, but it's mm. always a worry, isn't it? When you've got children, you want them to be happy. And um, yeah, so, so it was a little bit fraught this morning, a little bit of an earlier start than we're used to. But other than that, it's turned out pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, yes, yes. Hopefully it's uh, going better now.
0: Yeah, well, we, we should. it's one of those things, you know, I'll probably get butterflies in my tummy at about two o'clock when I have to be getting myself ready to go pick him up at three, mm. you know, and I'll be seeing the teachers on the, on the school gate. And um, I did say this morning, you know, there better be some good news for me when I come, because otherwise going to be trouble they're so looking at me and thinking yeah don't even so um yeah I'm sure it will all be fine but uh it's just it's one of those things isn't it you know it's you know life goes on but they they did something really really bad yesterday mm-hmm. I won't go into it on on here it's no. uh, not, not a story for here but it's um you know when you come away sometimes and you're thinking did that really happen in today's mm-hmm. society this is a primary school did that really that really happen anyway um yeah fingers crossed it's all been sorted now so it's it's all a bit yeah yeah i've got a bit of a twitch you'll have to forgive me
1: (laughs) no it's fine it's fine now in your description uh you're you're a multi-award winning filmmaker uh because you had a a film recently called scooch that's right yeah
0: how that happened, it was quite a funny story, I suppose. Um, I create video for business and I help businesses with their message. And I've done a lot of filming uh for business, and when lockdown happened, obviously I thought, oh my god, because it was a large part of my income that was suddenly cut off. Suddenly I couldn't yeah. see people, I couldn't go into business, I couldn't. And so I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm a video creator. I can't do it anymore. What am I going to do? And so I did what a lot of people did and I pivoted and I then started doing a lot of editing. I actually picked up quite a lot of international clients during that time. Um, And I edit speaker reels and book reels for people in the US and Canada mainly. And um, that has been a lifeline. And I also got involved with short form animations. As well, and I learned how to do um, animation and use sort of templates and things very, very quickly. Um, and that also is something I thought I would never do, but expanding my skill set um, has proved to be invaluable because now not only can offer another service now to people who need it, um, it's been fun as well. And it was able to, I was able to unleash my creativity. But being a creative. I thrive around other people I I found the lockdowns I think like a lot of people tremendously lonely Mm. Um, and it's it's not good for me I'm a very sociable person so I was looking at the the filming regulations and the guidelines and as soon as they got lifted which I think was towards the end of lockdown three when crews could go back out again and film, even though other places were still locked down and venues were locked down. We could go in and film, even if they were shut to the public. Um, And I got a crew together. I used to do a radio show um, at my radio station. I got a crew together and I said, you know, who wants to make a film with me? If we make a film, we can go out. We can go out, out. We can meet in person. We're allowed. If we go out out, if you're in in it, you don't necessarily have to wear a mask. If you crew, you, you do. We've got very, we had a very strict uh COVID procedure that we adhered to. I said, but we can get out. <laughs> and I said, who wants to come and play with me? I said. Um, to which a lot of people said, I will, I will. I think people were desperate to see other people by this point. So I got a, got a few of my friends involved. It was a zero budget film, zero budget film. And I said, look, let's do something uh, locally. We filmed it all in High Wycombe, which is local to me. I'm from Maidenhead. And let's make it a feel-good piece. I said, you know, I do not want it to be a conscience piece. I've had enough of that. I've seen Doom and Gloom. There's a lot of films in film festivals that are conscience pieces. I said, I don't want that. As it's gotta be a comedy. Um, and it's gotta be a bit ridiculous. I said, it's gotta be a cross between like carry on and an eating comedy. That's kind of what it was. It's got to be funny and it's got to be British. It's going to be ridiculous. So that was kind of the brief. So I got a a couple of friends uh, on board who who wrote the script and uh, uh, the local uh, amateur dramatics group came and provided me with a lot of the extras bodies that I needed. Um, and the Zip e-scooters big shout out to them because they uh, sponsored us and wow. provided us with three e-scooters for three days uh, for, our, for our film and they were absolutely marvellous and um, yeah we basically ran right in High Wycombe for four and a half days and uh, put this little short film together and I said to the guys we will I'll put it into a film festival or two just to see what happens to you know which you never know. Um, and yes, we've got 19 awards. Wow. Globally, yeah, I put it out for a year. Um, so on my Facebook, shameless, shamelessly on my, my personal Facebook page, you'll see my banner with wreaths everywhere. I was running yes. out of room to put them yes. all. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm very, very proud of that. And I'm very proud of the team. We're we we we're still all good friends today, everybody that, that made that film, and a lot of them I'd never met before. Um, and it was tremendous fun and i think that the reason one of the reasons it did so well is because people were ready to see other people at that point and we just all bonded very very quickly very very well and the energy was just so wonderful on set and we just got everything done that we needed to very very quickly, and so we shot it in four and a half days um and um yeah it was brilliant and and the guy who did our camera work young guy he was absolutely amazing and he got his first job when we got our first set of laurels come through and our first win he got a really good job as head of um videography for a really nice uh, luxury menswear brand wow. and i do feel that we had a little part to play in that because you know he's got who he lost his his name now he's a multi winning filmmaker um it's great on his cv but i mean he was phenomenal and I'd love to work with him one day if I get the chance because he he just has such a great eye uh, for the shot. You know, it was just he was just amazing. But they were all amazing to work with. And a young guy who did our sound, <laughs> who was a young guy who'd never done uh, music for film before. Um, and I I said, you know, do you want to give it a bash? And he said, I'll give it a bash. And um, again, he he was very technical, very musical, talking to me in very technical language, and I had to say to him. I have not got a clue what you just said. You could be kids talking Greek. I did not understand a word of that. I said, but what I want, bearing in mind this kid's barely 20, you know, in his uh, early 20s. And I said, it's got to sound, this is what the, the whole vibe of things is, it's got to sound like a cross between the Sweeney and 70s porn. <laughs> that was his brief, right? And of course, because he was so young, he was like, what, <laughs> what, what's the Sweeney? And I was like, Right, Google it, but be second, but, but be really careful about googling the second part. <laughs> but you know, it's the vibe that I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he pulled it out of the hat uh, brilliantly. He, wow. He he just gave me everything I wanted above and beyond. It's a young lad called Aaron Harker, and he is from Aaron Harker Music. Anybody wants music for their video piece, film piece, commercial piece. Or oh, he does DJing as well. Go check out Aaron Harker Music. He is the, one of the most phenomenal guys that I know because he took direction really, really well. And I and I was very vague because I didn't really know how I knew. I had it in my head of how I wanted it to sound, but trying to convey that to somebody who was very technical, very musical, was quite difficult. Um, but he, he, he did over and above. It was stunning what he produced for us. It really was. And it, it worked so well.
1: Wow, wow. So you kind of launched some careers.
0: With yeah, that. I I sincerely hope so. And they, we had a um a, quite a few young young people on the set. And um, you know, if I can help them get on their way, that's what I'm passionate about. I was involved um recently in the launch of Screen Skills Berkshire, which is an initiative that is look help helping young people and also people who are looking to change their careers get into the film industry. Um, especially in the back end, there's a massive skills gap in the film industry at the moment. So, you know, if you are a you know carpenter, electrician, uh painter, set builder, anything like that, you know, you you they're crying out for people like you. Um, you know, and there's a lot of opportunities to be had. We were over at Shinfield for the day, and Shinfield studios and new studios just outside of Reading is massive. It's gonna be um bigger than Shepperton, I think, when it's completed, and that's massive. Um, and it's going to be fully operational I think they said April next year 2024 but it's going to be huge and wow. um, it was amazing to be in that space I mean oh my god it was it was just it was huge and oh, it was amazing to be on a massive like great big warehouse film type set it was awesome so there are huge opportunities out there for people who want to get into the film industry and programs like Screen Skills Berkshire sure are just one of, of of many programs that uh that help people do that and um you know i'm very passionate about it you know we, I, I don't think we'd be anywhere without good good movies to watch you know we all enjoy watching our favorite tv series or film on netflix or amazon or whatever we're we're watching um, and it provides you with the the, the relief from the day to day you know we all get absorbed in those stories don't we um and you know, if those don't happen, you know, a lot of people are needed to make those things happen. It's not just the actors and the writers. There are hundreds of people behind the scenes who whose technical skills are needed to bring all of that to life. And also the production crew afterwards in the post-production part of the process too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's your journey? How did you get here?
0: Gosh, I... It's a bit of a weird one, really, and I don't know how, back, how far back you want me to start, but um, when I was 16, I experienced quite a bit of trauma in the fact that my father dropped dead unexpectedly at work. Um, that, you know, he, he had been ill, we didn't know it at the time, and my mother was on the phone to him when he collapsed at work, hmm. um, and it was in the summer holidays and or just before the summer holidays and um that kind of changed everything for me because it happened right at the beginning of my GCSEs right at the beginning and my school although it was a Christian school were not accommodating to me at all the only concession they made to me was that they put me on a in a room on my own to do my exams and I had to sit my maths GCSE the morning after my father's funeral and it didn't i i i remember feeling very well i was in trauma for losing my dad i'm an only child my dad and i were close we were a close family um they gave you all this big spiel at the beginning about, oh, if anything happens, you know, we don't want you to stress about your exams. If anything really bad happens, you can, you don't have to sit your exams. You can come and take the resits in the November or whenever it was that they were going to do them. I, I was told I had to come in and I had to be there and I had to do it. And um, I remember being so angry at the time and I didn't fill in any of my maths GCSE paper. I think I put my name on the top and then maybe an expletive and this is just shit or something like that if I can say that I might have to bleed that out um and I couldn't believe that they'd made me sit there on my own to go through all of this um so obviously when I had got my results they were not particularly good I think I only got about three GSC, GCSEs before this happened and When the results came out, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to go back and I didn't want to set foot in another school ever again. I have to be honest. Um, So my mum, I actually ended up going to a finishing school in Kensington uh, gloucester road lucy clayton where i learned you know they taught you taught how to be a young lady and i was taught how to do my makeup and how to put on a coat and get out of the car elegantly and all that but we also had this you know typing shorthand and all that as well and uh, my mom's rationale was you'll never you'll never starve if you can type and you can do shorthand you'll always be able to temp in between whatever it is you want to do you'll always earn money you know you'll have the to earn some money So I thought, oh yeah, right, whatever. So I went there. I had a fabulous year because we did things at that college. It was really hilarious. But um, I came out of that year a lot more confident, which was great. Uh, but I then went into the a, a secretarial admin role, which I didn't want at a company I didn't really want to work for in the finance department of all places. We we're talking only about finance. You know, and I stayed there for a couple of years. And then that kind of rolled on through my career as I I worked up the corporate ladder, worked up the corporate ladder. Um, And the last job that I had after 25 years in the administrative side of industry um, was with Walt Disney Company, which I enjoyed. I was there for quite a long time. And when I left there, I was very, very fortunate. Um, There was a big management restructure and I was offered to take voluntary redundancy at a time when I had just realised that I was pregnant with my son. So I knew when I, I mean, I'd wanted a child for years and years and years. I came to motherhood fairly late, so 38 when my my son was born, and I knew that I wanted to be a mum. And I certainly knew that I didn't want to pay anybody else to raise my child. And there's no way I was going to pay for childcare and have the stress and strain of traveling all the way into London and back out again, um, because I knew it it would kill me. It would you know, suck out what was left of the rest of my soul. So I had a huge opportunity to be able to be offered a very large sum of money to walk away, which I readily accepted. It was, it was the right time for me to go at that time. And then I was able to just sit and think about what it was I wanted to do. And as a lot of new mums listening to this will probably relate to i got found by a network marketing company an mlm um, product company (laughs) of which there are many and they seem to be able to smell new mums a mile off so i got targeted for this (laughs) excuse me and um so that's what i did i got myself talked into um, this multi-level marketing scheme and i have to admit i still do it in the background because the products are fabulous but i'm not a, a hardcore salesperson so as a business i didn't do very well at it because i didn't really i didn't really want to do it and i certainly wasn't gonna hard sell anybody. so that was a bit you know fiddling um <coughs> when i left disney i was in the process of putting together a huge ice scala for Charity, for Walking with the Wounded, Prince Harry's Charity. So I um, I put that on. I was six months pregnant uh, when that came live, and we had the whole gala show. And I think I'm one of the few people that have ever made a significant amount of money putting on a show like that. That was my first uh, ice production. I had tremendous feedback. We made money for the charity, And it was a fantastic experience. It was my first experience of really putting on a production myself. (coughs) Sorry, (laughs) I have to edit this. I was going to take this water. No, that's fine. Frog frog in my throat. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hmm. So that uh, Heroes on Ice is what it was called. So Heroes on Ice was my first uh, foray into putting on a major production. Um, and I loved it. I loved to entertain people. And I used to be a figure skater. Bracknell, where it was, was held, was at my home rink at the time. It's no longer there, sadly. Um, and it was a wonderful experience. So then that got me thinking, right, th- this maybe is something that I should do more in the, the creative industries, um. I didn't think that much about it. I was still doing the network marketing and I joined a network networking group <clears throat> and um, you know, da- still dabbling in the network marketing. And I joined a mastermind group uh, that was part of this group. And um, <laughs> after the first session of going to this mastermind, I came out, I went in with one business and came out with a totally new one um, because I'd helped some ladies uh, in the group Promote their businesses through the use of video storytelling, um, okay. and it had been really, really popular. The feedback I got was off the chart, and um, the la- the lady said to me point blank, "You know what are you doing with that? You know network marketing rubbish. Don't be doing that. You were born to do this. Click. You were born to do this. You're so good at it, and the demand is there. Forget all of that. Do this instead." And I was like, "Really? Should I?" Be there? But oh, that's right okay, I'll give it a go and um my media business was born and I never looked back and then I I subsequently went on to host my own radio show on local radio which was a sports show that went on to win a gold award at the community radio uh awards for the best sports show uh with my, with the team they were absolutely fantastic and um yeah you know it's just kind of gone from strength to strength and now I, I feel like I've found my groove which is helping others to communicate their stories in the best possible way i love stories and i love people you probably tell a lot of i love chatting to people and helping people communicate those things either as a story or even communicate with each other better mm. uh, because good leadership is a, a passion of mine um, and just getting people to listen to each other and respect each other and um, kind of build the world a better place, you know, through creative storytelling. There's no better way to do it. You know, everybody loves a story, don't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's that um, that the phrase, facts tell and stories sell.
0: Yeah.
1: Isn't
0: it? Very true. It's very yeah. true. You know, nobody wants to look at a sheet of data unless you're in a particular type of job. And I'm sure there are people out there, not to offend people out there, who do love data and numbers and analytics, Um, But if you want to to sell something, anything, you need to draw on the emotions. As human beings, uh, the way our brain works, we make decisions with emotion first and foremost above anything else. It's a few seconds before our rational, little rational part of our brain kicks in and analyzes that emotion and turns it into a decision of, yes, we want to do that thing. Or no, we don't. Or let's have a little bit more, more of a think about that thing. But predominantly we led by emotions, which is why when um I talk about video marketing and I talk about creating uh, a good video, I always talk about the importance of music, you know. And so do you have should you have music in it? Yes, you should, even if you're in a talking head, because emu- music is what adds the emotional pull. Mm. And if you've got a sound cr- track to what you're trying to do, depending on what message you're trying to convey it really packs a punch, whether it is soft and relaxing or whether it's a little bit more dynamic and you want someone to take action. It's really, really important. And it's why that you will never, ever, 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 or hardly ever see an advert that's either on the internet or on TV that does not have music to it.
1: Yeah, very true.
0: The words sometimes are less important. You know, you don't get ads where people are rabbiting and rabbiting away you get a strong soundtrack you get really strong visuals and you may get a bit of audio commentary or bit of text overlay over the top but predominantly they're drawing you into the eyes and the ears to get that emotional connection to that thing that makes you think oh i want that car or i want that i've got to have that burger now <laughs> or whatever it is um to pull you in to reel you in to take that next step along the customer journey
1: so i guess i mean these days you've got short short form video
0: yeah
1: reels tiktoks yeah do you help with with those platforms or videos help people with videos on those platforms or do you prefer other platforms
0: i prefer other platforms um because there's, there's two there's two types of video. There, there's the, the personal video, for which our personal branding that ties into your professional branding, but TikToks and Instagram Reels are great for those sorts of things, because they're fun, funky, and short, you know, and people want to see, that's where people really want to see the face behind the brand, um, and that's the platform for that. Whereas on other platforms, such as youtube or facebook and, and linkedin possibly you want a mix of different vi- mix of different videos because again talking heads are boring after a while nobody really wants to see somebody rabbiting on all the time unless they are extremely extremely interesting and the topic is extremely extremely interesting which is quite rare that you'd get that all the way through so you want to mix up the content you can mix it up by doing your wacky TikToks and that doesn't have to be dancing and you know whatever but you have to have with all of these things you have to have a strategy behind it what are you trying to achieve with it because just going nuts on TikTok it might get you a few thousand followers but they might not be the right ones you know if you're using it as a business platform you have to have a very clear strategy of what video you're going to put on what platform how they're all going to tie together and what actions you want your customers or clients to take at the end of watching that and again tiktok you know it doesn't convert per se you need to point them to some you know, your, your followers to somewhere else where they're going to get a link or whatever to be able to to go through a bit of a journey so it's kind of tiktok and instagram might be a a presence and you might have your link in your bio for whatever thing it is you're trying to push at the time but ultimately you want to push them to a website you want to push them to another profile to get them to that point of action so it's kind of like a shop window what do you want to display on those shop windows
1: you know
0: um, because if somebody's checking you out you know these days they will check you out on you know youtube on instagram on tiktok on wherever it is so you need to have a strategy that fits in with your overall marketing strategy of exactly what point you're trying to make or what you know are you a fun funky brand so you're going to put these fun funky tiktoks out you know and get that essence of your brand or are you a bit more serious or are you going to deliver you know a little bit more educational stuff that you're going to put up on youtube or or wherever so you need to find out where you fit in the space and how best is gonna achieve whatever results that you want.
1: Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And in terms of um, like kit, professional kit, um, for your videos, say on YouTube and say LinkedIn, do you recommend more professional tools? Like for example, on Reels, you can use your, your phone and use your iPhone or your Android for those.
0: Uh, audio quality is really important it's nothing worse that will kill anything faster than bad audio now we live in a tremendously fantastic age we are so lucky so lucky that we have all of these tools at our disposal we have got free advertising at our disposal left right and center you know you've touched on it free free advertising instagram facebook tiktok linkedin youtube it's all free you can promote yourself left right and center mobile phones these days are getting better and better quality the camera quality is getting better and better the microphone quality is getting better and better but on amazon you can buy some really fantastic pieces of kit that don't need to break the bank if you're going to be a podcaster or recorder yes have a fairly decent microphone the one that i'm using at the moment is like a a yeti blue that yeah. costs, what, £100, 100 pounds from Amazon? So it's not going to break the bank. I bought a microphone, again, I think it's about £100-ish, <clears throat> which is a clip-on wireless mic that that links up to my phone so that when I'm out and about, I have my microphone that actually deadens any wind sound, any background noise. So if I'm out broadcasting, I've got really clear sound. So you can get really clear sound on your mobile by buying a little wireless lapel mic and it doesn't have to cost you the fortune and keep your, if you're on Amazon prime, keep your eye on the Amazon prime days on the, um, you know, black Friday deals and things when they come around, because sometimes these things are half price. So it doesn't have to cost you a a fortune. Something that I have from my uh, broadcasting days, but again, from Amazon is a pop shield. If you can, you are still going to see on my camera pop shield yeah. um, that you put in front of your microphone. Now that's a very essential piece of kit to getting good audio, and it costs about ten pounds. Yeah, Amazon that will clip onto your your microphone or your table, and you can position it, um, over your mic. Very few pieces of kit. I've got a um, a lovely four K broadcast quality camera that cost a couple of hundred pounds. Um, a Logitech one that, that that again I bought from Amazon it doesn't necessarily need to cost you a fortune, but you invest in a few pieces of kit and you will raise the game above you and perhaps what somebody else is doing if you're a small business. Yes. You know, and the better quality sound you have and the better um, picture quality you have, people get can get distracted by poor visuals, by poor sound. So if you can do it one better by investing a couple of hundred pounds in a piece of kit... And a, a friend of mine, um, Mark Bowden, did a, a great video on comparing these um, sort of USB cameras, w- which is the best. You know, is, is that, you know, two, three thousand pound one any better than the 200 pound one? Actually, no, it's not. And I think the one that came out best was the one that I bought, which is about a couple of hundred pounds. So you don't have to, you know, invest in the top end kit, especially if you don't really know what to do with it. There's no point in you investing in that that sort of money in that sort of kit if you if you really don't know how to use it learn how to use it and upgrade as you go if that's what you want to do by all means but start off small get to know what you're doing and then start to to upgrade and and, and do what you need to do it would be my yeah. advice you know you don't need to throw tons of money at it uh, and if you're doing you know, home recording then lighting is really important as well And and again, you don't need lights that cost you a fortune. You just need to know what you're doing with it. Where should your light be positioned? Can you put a scarf or a colored scarf over to give you a bit of a glow ladies? Pink is the thing. If you can put a little sort of pink or red scarf over a light and get that lovely sort of pinkish light that it does wonders for the skin, make you look 20 years younger. you you can get these effects with kind of as a table table lamps obviously just be careful if you're going to put scarves over table you don't want it to catch fire but you, you know research some of these things because youtube is a fantastic place for tutorials there's a lot of lighting experts sound experts out there who who love talking about what they do and that's who we interview as part of creatives we love to talk to creative people about what they love to do there's a lot of people talking about people, what they love to do on YouTube and you get the advice for free. You know, so experiment. It's all about experimentation. Get that light, learn how to do that lighting effect with a, you know, a side light shining from maybe this side or angle-poised lamp pointing at a particular direction. Get yourself a half-decent microphone and you're away.
1: Yeah, no, great advice. Great advice. Do um, you think the direction of travel at the moment is towards video, and text, for example, and copy is becoming less important? Or do you think- no. Well, that, it, depends um... what,
0: it depends what platform. It depends what platform. Um, I would love to see more of a shift towards video, but I'm incredibly biased. <laughs> but um, people, the thing you have to remember is that people consume content in different ways. So yes, I'm a big fan of video, but not everybody is um and if you're going to be inclusive in your brand you know you again you need to mix it up you need to be producing short form video maybe longer form video you need to be producing short form text longer form text you know you need to make sure that you're putting the alt text on your videos and 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 pictures you know linkedin loves still static imagery a video won't do as well on linkedin as a static photograph Drives me absolutely bonkers, by the way, LinkedIn. Yeah. I have mentioned it to them several times. Um, but <clears throat> that, that LinkedIn still seems to really like quite long form text with an image. That's what kind of gets pushed. And again, with a lot of these things, the algorithm seems to change. Like Facebook loves video. You know, Instagram, obviously, they they have a big push towards video and reels especially um, at the moment. So it's kind of if you're going to go out on a platform again, a lot of a lot of the whole marketing thing is is doing your research. Where are your customers, your ideal clients? Where do they hang out the most? Are they on Instagram? Are they on Facebook? Are they on LinkedIn? Where are they? What do they want to see? Do they want to read text? Do they want to watch a video? Do they wanna, you know, make sure your videos are captioned and all that kind of jazz? What do they want? Because once you tap into what they want you're there really
1: yeah definitely
0: because you know, otherwise you're just spouting a lot of stuff and if you're not playing to the right audience then it's it's wasted
1: absolutely i mean you, you do when you with your clients obviously you're, you go over their branding uh as i guess that's the first the first step i'd imagine yeah brand anything what yeah. what are the main mistakes you see uh businesses making, small businesses making when it comes to their branding. Like the one that comes up again and again.
0: There's a really fabulous chap called Daniel J. Moore. I'll give him a shout out from Iron Dragon Design. Oh yeah I've
1: interviewed I've interviewed him.
0: He talks about this a oh, lot.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's it's when people think about brand, I would say think about brand as being like a logo. You slap a logo on and you have it in a particular colour and you've chosen your font. That's it, like, I'm branded. It's not about that. It's Daniel talks a lot about you know brand essence and the brand story and knowing, and it it all comes back to story. It comes back to knowing why you're doing what you're doing, what impact you want to have on the world and how you are going to portray that sort of outwardly facing and that's all part of it you know your your colors and your I think Daniel has a really great question asking people what their brand smelled and if your brand was a smell what would it smell like uh, and that again that invokes the, the memories and the things that they liked as a, a child or the things that are important to them and that all gets fed back into the the, the brand story and the the brand values and what's important to them because if you don't know those things just you you you're nothing really you know you need to have your brand story you need to have your personal brand as as part of that once you've got you straight <laughs> and your values and the and the values of your business and what you want to portray and who you're there to help and be very, very clear on those things then a lot of the other stuff comes a lot more naturally because you've got a very clear direction of who you are, what you're about. Then comes the things like, you know, what colours best portray that, what, um, you know, fonts portray that, how do I want to to be seen to the outer world? Um, It's much easier to create stories around that once you've got those building, you know, the foundations in place, you know, you can't build a house on, you know, the sand. You, you've got to be able to to start with a structure. And A lot of people, I think, when they go into business for themselves, they think, "Oh, great! I'm not restricted by the corporate, you know, ideology anymore. I can just do this. I can do what I like, and I can. I've got woohoo freedom, you know." But routine and boundaries kind of set you free. You know, you have to still have that structure. You know, and even if you're a creative, you can have all these great woo, ideas, but you still have to have the structure of you know your business idea you know, business idea oh, I'm gonna do this, it's gonna change the world, it's gonna be epic, yeah, fantastic. But how are you actually gonna get there? What what is it about you? You know, because none of us are really original, are we? You know, we all do things and people, there's a million people doing what I do, there's a million people doing what you do. How are you doing that thing differently to everybody else? what are people saying about you behind your back have people had a good experience speaking to you and having that that first interaction with you or have they gone away thinking oh my god she's a bit she's a bit much i don't like that you know that's all part of it how how do you want people to interact with you and your brand what's your story you know
1: yeah makes sense makes sense
0: um but, and that's half of it and a lot of people you know if you're coming at a brand oh well I'll start my business because I don't want to work for corporate anymore I just want to make tons of money yeah well look, wouldn't we all but that's not really the reason why you should be doing it you need to have a a message you know Poppy Perry media I want to create great visuals for people in business who've got a story to tell. And if they are having trouble with that story, I want to help them get it out. You know, I like to help people shine their light, which is also feeds into my other business of creatives. We support and amplify other creatives in in their creative businesses. Mm. And that's what brings out the glow in me. I love to amplify other people. I love to hear people's stories. I love to share those stories. And you know, you'll hear it in this podcast, I've mentioned quite a few people throughout this podcast who I feel are absolutely tr- tremendously brilliant people. And that's what I'm about. I, I love people and I love to amplify people and I love to see people succeed and be the best that they can be. And some, some people need a little bit of help getting that out, especially if they've changed direction and especially from a corporate career because i think corporate can kind of stifle you to a degree because you spent so long towing the line and i have to say this and i can't say that and i must do this and i've got to do it in this way because that's the company rule and you go out into business for yourself and you're still kind of talking in that up uh, that way it takes a while to flip that mental switch that actually you're not talking as the, the the company anymore or even if you're in your own business you're not talking as the business you're talking as you the person because that's what you need as a small a business they need to know you the person and what your values are and what you stand for for you know you'll see me posting on social media about um sort of diversity i get involved with a lot of diversity There's a lot of uh screen and storytelling things with a screen berkshire um you know, supporting young- youngsters coming up in the, the film industry on our um, podcast that we have on the couch with creatives. The one thing that all of our creatives guests do have to give three top tips for the up and coming generation. You know, what do you wish you had known? If anybody's listening, what value can you give to those people coming up? You know, that that's what I love. It's about value. It's about leaving somebody I guess for me, leaving somebody a little bit better off after they've met you than they, they were before. Whether it's just like hmm. a little whether it's a smile or think, oh she's hilarious, she wouldn't shut up. Or whether it's um, oh gosh, she told me that thing. That was really useful. I'm gonna go try that, or I'm gonna go look at this. You know, if you can provide just even just a little bit of value to somebody's day and leave them in a better place. Then that that that's kind of my reason for for being really. I, I I would like to think that I touch people's lives in a positive way, and that they feel better after meeting me than if they hadn't met me at all.
1: Yeah! Wow! Wow! That is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> uh, just just a curious: Are there any brands like big brands you think have nailed it? They've they've really kind of. Um, you know done it done it perfectly or any rebrands that maybe weren't didn't work right? well, I'm, I'm the opposite.
0: there are a couple I of brands can. that i really really hate um uh i don't know if i can say say this but you know I'll probably get into all sorts of trouble a, bra- a brand that i really can't stand is abercrombie and fitch i hate everything that they stand for I hate their, the CEO that was. I don't think he's in charge now. But I, it's totally toxic from my from my point of view. Um, I know that they have had management change a few years ago, and maybe things are a bit different. But I don't subscribe to their brand at all, and I never will. It, it, it's gone so toxic for me that I, it's something I would not touch with a ten foot barge pole. Brand. That I love, and this is not just because I'm an ex-employee, but Disney. You know, mm. everybody knows what Disney stands for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, kids love Disney. Disney, you cannot help but smile when you have seen a Disney movie. Um, it brings the magic. They bring magic to the world, whether you like it or not. Some people I know you know don't like, like Disney for whatever reason, but they are real magic makers
1: yeah and yeah.
0: as a brand, you know exactly who they are. you know exactly what they stand for. um and I love that, and I love being part of the magic. um and I love watching Disney movies, and to me, they're one of the best. They'll always be one of the best. um Virgin, again, another company that I've had the privilege to, to work for. Again, fantastic brand. You know, Richard Branson, you know what he stands for. He's been vocal enough about it. They're very much for their people. Um, and I love that about Virgin. Again, it's a really, really strong brand. I don't like brands that um, pertain to be better than, really better than everybody else, which is why I don't like Abercrombie and Fitch. I like brands that are inclusive and value, and value their people. I think, for, for, for me... That is a hugely important thing. And I think that's why part of why Scooch did so well, because we put together, and why Heroes and Ice did so well. I'm very good at putting together the right team of people. Um, And brands that do that are ones that I naturally gravitate towards. The, the brands that kind of make people feel better, make the world a little bit of a better place. You know, BA... British Airways is another brand I don't particularly like. They haven't got a good reputation. They don't treat their people particularly well. They don't treat their passengers particularly well. Um, You know, I've had more than one running with them in my time. So so brands that really value the customer experience um, are brands that are really important to me.
1: Absolutely. Do you have any thoughts on the Twitter rebrand?
0: Why? why why um why i think that just about sums it up really why i can't say i particularly like the logo I, 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 if everybody still calls it twitter whenever i'm talking about it you go. You know, oh i just see on twitter it's called x now you know I mean, it was such a big brand that to, 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 to literally just literally overnight now it's called something else. I mean, I suppose in a, a a while we will all get used to it, but it's just like, oh my lord. Yeah. Oh, okay. What else, yeah, can, yeah.
1: what
0: else can you say about it, really?
1: Right, right. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we move on swiftly then to the <laughs>
0: the,
1: the smash hits type questions. Yeah, go then. So. Uh, First off is uh, what is your favorite food?
0: Ooh. Go, you know, your if you're lasagna. yeah. I love lasagna, yeah. Oh yes. Especially the one made by my mum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, not the uh the prepackaged stuff.
0: No, no, no proper lasagne. No,
1: proper, no. proper home cooked. Yeah. Mother cooked.
0: Mother cooked, yeah. Brilliant lasagna, yeah. It's gonna be my favorite.
1: Um my favourite music.
0: Favourite music. Now, this is a tough one for me because I like lots of different music, but um, I'm obsessed with music from the show, um, the, the Greatest Show with um, oh, yeah. Jackman. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of songs in there that just really speak to me. Um, the Greatest Show is one. I love that. I have that, you know, we don't need my spirits if I have that blaring out. Uh, this Is Me is is one that I really feel as well. Um so yeah, so songs from that show are really, yeah, you'll find me playing them at high volume all over the place.
1: Yeah, yeah, my wife loves that film. Yeah, i she loves that. the soundtrack. So uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, a favourite, well, this is relevant, favourite film, apart from oh. Scooch, obviously.
0: Apart from Scooch, yeah, which one of the best. go streaming on Vimeo, um, yeah.
1: On de- Vimeo on demand.
0: On demand, or Vimeo yeah. on demand, yeah. yeah. Favourite film.
1: Link's in the uh, below.
0: Excellent. Um, <laughs> gosh, favourite film. Again, again, it's, it's like asking what my favourite book is. I'm an avid reader and trying to say like, favourite book. is like, oh my God. Um, I, Again, I love The Greatest Showman because visually it was just amazing. Uh, Life of Pi, absolutely amazing because visually and, and the story was fantastic. Um, I love a good musical, like the original West Side Story, fantastic. I love animations as well. So, like anything Disney and Pixar, mm. pretty much, I just love all of those. I'm a real baby when it comes to Disney. You know, plonk me in front of a Disney movie, like, you know, animated film, and I'm, I'm quite happy. Fantasia uh, was brilliant.
1: Fantasia, do you like that?
0: <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, the that's music. my
1: favorite, I think.
0: Music was, f- and the, t- the concept of it was was just fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, oh, there's just so many. Yeah. yeah like, I can't. Yeah, well,
1: he gave us some. He gave us some some examples, which Thanks. is good. <laughs>
0: Everything,
1: <laughs> apart from um anything related to video, uh, and your you know your your business. Do you have any favorite apps or any favorite bits of tech? I
0: love the captions app um for captioning your TikTok videos and your reels and stuff like that because it's really quick and easy to use and it's accurate I only have to tweak it mm. every so often we on our um, creatives podcast we clip up the top tips that our lovely guests tell us about and then we put them out all over the place uh, for people that might enjoy them and doing those top tips getting all edited up and then just flipping them through the the captions app it, it's a seconds. it's done it's like oh just say it, and then i can just upload it straight away to tick tock and instagram reels and I'm, I'm done so that's probably my favorite one
1: yeah yeah uh, is it do you mean, do you mean uh cap cut
0: no i don't it's called or
1: captions
0: it's called captions or and it's
1: captures. on. Oh. um
0: i don't know if it's on um because i have an apple so it's on an ios app i'm not sure if it's on google play um, but it's I mean CapCut is something similar, but this this particular yeah.
1: one is called Captions, and well, it's that's called Captions. captions. Okay, yeah. yeah, check that out. Yeah. Um, and just uh, so going back to yourself and uh, uh, the business, what are the the um, plans for the future? Any future projects
0: well,
1: uh, you're working wow. on, or is it that you can talk about?
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna be brave and I'm gonna put it out there. Um, business wise i'm hope i'm developing the, the business or hoping to move the development of the business into more of a production company and i have two projects um that are going on in the background um one is a feature film and one is a children's television series that i'm hoping to get on air um very very early days yet yeah, i will be honest um but I'm hoping, God willing, that uh they will both come to screen. So if they do, that's gonna be really, really exciting. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Watch the space.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the whole oh. the whole film process, even though the is are short and it nearly killed me, I have to admit, <coughs> editing it all together and it took, you know, 10 minutes of film took four and a half months in post-production. And most of that was sound, sound uh, engineering. Um And people they said to me, "Oh, would you do it again?" And actually, yes, I would, but I want a much bigger team (laughs) and a much bigger budget. (laughs) We didn't have any budget the first time around, so you know, it would be lovely to to get it done in a a sort of much higher to a much higher level and a much higher standard. So, um, yeah, watch this space, as we say.
1: Yeah, yeah, exciting.
0: Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) if
1: someone wants to. contact you and they want to learn more about your services yep um is the recommended way linkedin and
0: yeah i'm mostly active on linkedin you will find me there on linkedin every day pretty much um so anyone can follow me um at i think my hand is at melanie ann perry or melanie a perry melanie ann perry i think um so they can just find me on linkedin and um uh, connect with me there and send me a dm or you can email me melanie at poppyperrymedia.com or if people if you're a creative professional and you think yeah i would really love to hang out with some of the other creative professionals and um bounce some ideas and see who i can collaborate with then you can drop me an email at melanie at creatives which is cr number three number eight i v e s
1: brilliant Brilliant. Okay, that brings us to the close of our interview um, but uh, I think you definitely, um, as you said before, you like to leave people you know, uh, better than they were uh, when they when they started and they're more knowledgeable feeling better, etc, etc. I think you've achieved that oh, with this interview.
0: I'm happy now. You're yeah.
1: very happy,
0: <laughs> so I look very, I very, very happy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, think, like I, said, I think you've certainly made me kind of uh think and made me feel my you know my possibilities have widened and my knowledge has widened. So uh, it's for me certainly. Okay. Uh so I uh, appreciate your time and um yeah maybe we'll have you back on when the future projects
0: yeah. Uh, love off. to love to. When I when, when I sell it, that's the next thing. <laughs> I pick up the fact I sold it! Um <laughs> then yeah, maybe we'll we do a whole new launch thing. But it's been lovely to talk to you. So thank you so much for inviting me on.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome.